0: precious Son, Jesus Christ, who lifts us up and puts us as your people, able to stand in this world, be able to be overcomers of the challenges and the temptations, being able to have a vision and be able to see what you can do in our lives if we just give ourselves completely and wholly to you. So, Lord, we come before you today in this house, in this place, and we stand here and we ask embolden us, embolden us in your word, embolden us at your table by announcing to us once again that we are forgiven and yesterday is gone and this is a new day and it's your day and you are still God. Encourage us now by your word, strengthen us in all this that our lives would stand out to the glory of your name. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat this morning. Hey, it is my uh, joy to be able to uh, introduce to you this morning, Dr. Kent Hunter. And uh, Dr. Hunter's been hanging out with us uh, this week and uh, is going to bring the word this morning. We are thrilled. Some things you should uh, uh, know about, uh, about Dr. Hunter. He is the founder of uh, Church Doctor Ministries. Uh, he's a pastor. He's served in uh, Michigan, Indiana, South Australia, uh, and for the past thirty years He has been uh, consulting with over 1,400 congregations, 65 denominations, uh, fellowships, movements. Uh, What that says is the guy's been around, right? Get the gist. Knows what he's doing, and uh, he's he's also pretty darn smart guy. He's got his PhD from Lutheran School of Theology in Chicago, his DMin degree from Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, He's authored authored 30 books, uh, soon to be 31. All of them focused and how uh, churches can be healthy and vital and effective in advancing the cause of christ and the most important qualification I- he has is he just gosh darn it loves jesus and uh, you're gonna see his heart today and uh, you're gonna know that when he's done that he just loves jesus and he is passionate about making sure that everybody possible in this world comes to that same place so we welcome uh, doctor hunter today in the word that he brings us Huh?
1: So, are we uh, thirsty for God's direction in our lives? In a black church, they would say, can I hear an amen? Amen. Right, guys? Thank you very much. (laughs) I love that, by the way. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, I appreciate the introduction. You said you can tell the guy's been around because he's been to all these places. Another way of saying that, the guy must be really old. (laughs) what are you laughing about? (laughs) Uh, So I am delighted to be here today. You know, we've been poking and probing at this church. You've been filling out questionnaires and surveys till you're probably tired. And uh, what what we've been doing is we made a visit here before. I remember last time I was here at worship, I stood out there alone uh, for a long time. Nobody introduced me. I wanted to see if anybody would welcome me. And uh, well, I'll tell you this afternoon in our report because this afternoon we're going to, uh, I'm going to be able to share with you what we've learned. And we've got all kinds of neat stuff that we've learned about this church. We have some things that are just going to make you so excited about this church. We've also learned some things that might challenge you about this church. But I can tell you this, it's my promise to you, I will shoot from the hip, tell it like it is, and leave town immediately after that. Not really we're staying the next day to debrief with the staff, but I am staying at an undisclosed uh, hotel in the area. You know, uh, we just uh, want to know if you're uh, thirsty today. Uh, I'm thirsty today. Are you thirsty today for God's direction in your life? Are you thirsty for uh, that vision? Uh, Not just uh, the vision, normal vision, uh, but... uh, God's 2020 vision that's called spiritual vision I went to my uh, optometrist uh, Dr. Will, not too long ago and uh, you know how the drill is if you've been to an eye doctor you know you go in and have a chart on the wall and they say you know can you can you read uh, read this chart with all your glasses so i focused on the chart and went through and i said well yeah i think i could maybe get this uh, a o r t um, L, N, O. And the room was silent. And uh, I thought, well, Dr. Will, how'd I do? He said, they're numbers. <laughs> so I have corrective lenses that give me somewhere close to 20 20 vision. Maybe you do too. Maybe they're contacts, maybe they're glasses. Today, though, we're going to focus on another kind of lens, not the kind that you wear in your nose or in your eyes. We're going to talk about the lens of God's vision for each of us. And so as we, uh, as we get into this, uh, we're going to talk about, first of all, what is vision? Well, vision is uh, a snapshot of God's preferable future for you. Anytime you're faced with a decision, if you if you if you've got God in your heart, you want to know you want to know well, what would God want me to do? What's the right thing? And we're bombarded by thousands of decisions all the time. There's absolutely some decision, big, small, inconsequential, seemingly, that probably every single person in this room has right now. Some of you, somebody here today, is facing a gigantic decision about the future of their life. I'm sure of it. And so, as we look at this, and, and if you're not today, you will be sometime this week, be faced with all kinds of decisions. Well, this is a snapshot uh, of of uh, uh, what God has for you. Um, you know, the world tells you you have to see to believe. That's what the world tells you. You have to see to believe. But God says you have to believe. To see. So, this is a spiritual issue for each and every one of us to have 2020 spiritual vision. Like everything else in our lives, this is a spiritual issue. Now, this is not brand new. This has been around from the beginning of the New Testament church, which happened on a time called Pentecost. And at Pentecost, uh, Peter, the apostle, was uh, giving a message, and he quoted an Old Testament prophet by the name of uh, Joel. And uh, Joel was actually speaking God, uh, speaking through him as, uh, as he was speaking. So this is uh, a message to us through me, through Peter, through Joel from God. Figure that out. God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's like everybody, everybody in the room. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will. Shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now, what Peter's talking about here, referencing Joel, referencing God, is that when you're a Christian, you have a great gift, and that gift is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within you, and that is the presence of God in your life. I have no idea why anybody would want to go through life without having God in their life. I just can't even imagine how anybody would even want to do that. So if you are a Christian, then you have this Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes vision. And so vision for us as Christians, as we grow, becomes a whole new way of looking at life. It is meant to be a set of lenses that cause us to look at every, every activity, every decision of life through that lens, through the God, Holy Spirit lens that God has for your preferable future. And so it's, it's a whole new way of looking at life. Now, in our world, uh, every advertisement you see, and you see a lot of them, no matter where you look, billboards, newspapers, magazines, TV, internet, all over the place. Popping up all over the place are advertisements. Those advertisements are casting a vision to you. Sometimes those the vision of those advertisements is for yogurt. Sometimes it's for cat food. Sometimes it's for some new clothes. Sometimes it's for a new car. All of these advertisements are casting a vision to you and saying, hey, you need to make a decision about this. Here's an opportunity for you to spend some of your money. Now, what we need to know as Christians is that every one of these visions is not neutral. It's not just nothing out there. It's really something out there because every vision that we accept and take into our lives impacts our values, what we think is important, our beliefs, what we understand is true. It impacts our attitudes, our, our posture toward God and each other. It, it impacts our priorities, you know, what, what we need to do first, second, third, fourth. It impacts our worldview, the way we understand the world around us. This is a major issue in America right now because we have many people who are drifting without vision Drifting without God's vision, vision for other things that are not that helpful, that are actually hurtful, that are actually dangerous, that are actually a sense of dry rot for our culture. So this is a big deal. Now, this is not a new deal. It's been around a long time. I'm going to go way, way back to another guy in the Old Testament, Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was surrounded by a bunch of false prophets. They were trying to, trying to get people to go a certain direction. They were pulling at people to change their values and their beliefs, their attitudes. And so God spoke through Ezekiel, and, and it goes like this. Ezekiel starts, hey, this is God speaking. This is what the sovereign Lord says. These foolish prophets are doomed They provide their own inspiration and invent their own vision. You are going to be exposed to some kind of a prophetic person giving you an advertisement, giving you a direction, tempting you to go a certain direction maybe a hundred times this next week. This is a big deal. You know, in this country, we once again, as probably everybody knows, are entering an election cycle. And over the next many months, we are going to be bombarded by a whole bunch of candidates. I was thinking of turning my name in, everybody else is. But uh, there's all these people who want to be president. And uh, they're all casting visions for America. You know, it's important. It is important to to pray about and make decisions about the leaders of our country. No question about it. This is really an important issue. But you're going to get so many visions sent your way. How in the world do you sift all this out as a believer in Jesus Christ? How does this work in your life? What is your lens for all this stuff that we're going to hear about continually? What will be your lens? Ezekiel had something to say about that. He said... Their visions are false. Their predictions are, are lies. They claim that they are speaking my message, but I have not sent them, yet they expect their words to come true. Now, I'm not saying all the people running for president are false prophets, but I am saying your lens for anything anybody says to you, whether they're running for office or whether they're your friend or neighbor, somebody you hang out with at coffee or whatever, There's some kind of a lens that we all need every time some vision, some direction is sent our way. And we get them all the time. So what is your lens? As a Christian that has this Holy Spirit, your lens is to know the heart of God. Well, where do you know the heart of God? Right here, the scripture. God has revealed himself, not only in Jesus, And not only sent this Holy Spirit, but has also given us deep guidance for everyday life. It's a lifelong project to get into this word, feed on this word, and get this lens for our lives. And you might say, well, yeah, okay, I go to church, so I must have that lens. You know, I wish it was that simple, but this is a very complex issue in our lives about being thirsty for the lens that God has For our lives. So are you facing a big decision right now? Several people in this room surely are, and those that aren't will be sometime soon, because that's the way life is. Is it a big decision about school, about a relationship, about the job, uh, about a, a child, about a parent, about, you know, whatever. There are all kinds of huge, huge decisions. And God isn't like, answer man. It isn't like, okay, I'm going to open my Bible and close my eyes. I'm going to find out what God wants me to do about whether I should put my mom in the nursing home. doesn't work that way. But everything you need to be a person of God and make wise decisions and know his preferable future for whatever you're facing is part of this mix of living in relationship with God and that Holy Spirit that speaks into your life. So how do you make decisions about the future? You know, God does a lot of nudging among Christians. He doesn't like always show up in person, although it's possible he can do anything he wants. He doesn't verbally speak to everybody, although there are people probably in this room that have heard the the words of God directly out loud. Um, But most of the time, God operates in what you might call a subtle nudge. That's his his lens of nudging you. And the real challenge for Christians who get these nudges quite regularly, all the time, many, many people just ignore them. It's not that they're bad people. It doesn't mean they don't go to church or maybe read the Bible once in a while. But I'll tell you this, the more you know the heart of God, the closer you are in relationship to God, the more freedom the Holy Spirit has to give you this lens for your preferable future. And that lens is to understand God. You know, there's a great example of this in the New Testament also, where uh, Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, was with Timothy and Paul, the Apostle Paul, And they were on a short-term mission trip. And Paul went to bed, and he had a vision. He had a nudge from God. And in that vision, a man from a place called Macedonia uh, spoke to him in his vision. Now, Paul could have considered it a bad dream. I ate too much sauerkraut the night before, or whatever they ate, uh, or whatever. But he was listening to the heart of God. And uh, this man from Macedonia, which today, by the way, is uh, the country of Greece, uh, before it went broke, long before it went broke, uh, the country of Greece, this man stood up and he said uh, something very interesting to Paul, and it was a nudge from God. This is what he said. Uh, During the night, Paul had this vision. There stood a man from Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia, And help us uh, help us know about Jesus so the question is what do you think Paul did what would you do would you test that out in Scripture would you pray about it and say Lord was that you what would it mean for me to change directions and go to this other place am I willing to drop my plan my agenda and move in another direction and how would you do that Would that be in prayer? Would that be in scripture? Would that be because you have this really tight relationship with God where the Holy Spirit is free to guide you in 2020 spiritual vision? What do you do when you read the Bible and you get that nudge that says, oh, yeah, I need to change my life in this direction or I need to treat this other person a different way or I need to do something different? Well, here's what Paul did in Acts 16, verse 10. When he had seen the vision, we, that's Luke writing, and Timothy, and of course Paul, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Now, we're not always right. Life is not that simple, but it's a process of checking in with God, testing out the Holy Spirit in the context of having a close relationship with the Lord and being deep, deep into the Word. And so, what about you? Do you ever feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit? Or maybe you have felt a nudge but didn't really define it that way. So what if you're at a restaurant and a waiter or waitress comes up and they look like they're really struggling. They just look really, really stressed. So is that a point where maybe in a fleeting thought it goes through your mind, you know, I should offer to pray for that person. And then do you just excuse that from your mind? Well, no, that's, you know, this is a public place. I don't really know the person. You get this whole list of excuses and move on. Or do you simply say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna say something to this person, hey, are you okay? And the person says, no, I'm not okay. I'm having a rough time. And you say, well, I'll pray for you. And then you walk away. And you go on with your life. You eat your dinner, whatever. Or does God prompt you to say, can I pray for you right now, right here? You see, there are all these promptings that go on all the time. There are millions taking place right now, just in this country. These promptings of God. And the thing is, is a lot of Christians Not bad people, good Christians, people that go to church, people that take the sacrament, people that are involved, maybe in a small group or whatever, but miss the nudge for whatever reason. And so God calls us to be very sensitive to wear the spiritual glasses and watch very closely for where he's working. Long time ago in the Psalms, uh, there's a a proverb, I mean, in Proverbs, there's a proverb that says, where, the vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's from the old King James Version. You might have learned it that way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, it's a little bit difficult to understand, and so we're going to go to a new, newer translation and look at it in the NIV. The same verse, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Even that is really a challenge to unpack, but let's try it. Let's look at it. Where there is no revelation... That means when you aren't getting input from God and you aren't really open to the move of God's Holy Spirit in your life, when you are are not really uh, paying attention to that nudge that the Holy Spirit might be leading you and nudging you, and you're not willing to go there and do that, whatever it might be, when there is no revelation from God, here's what happens. The people cast off restraint. What that means is, it's kind of still complicated, but what it means is a person does not have the ability to say no to anything. That's why these advertisers bombard us. A lot of people can't say no to anything. That's why we have drug addicts. That's why we have people in jail for all kinds of things. A lot of times that's why we have divorces. That people have lost the ability to say no to the things that are not of God. And when you lost the ability to say no, you say yes to things that are harmful, that are hurtful, that destroy families, that destroy lives, that mess up communities, and that has our nation on the brink of the disaster of civilization. And so when you have revelation from God, then you're really open to that. And, and so uh, the question is, uh, what is your vision? What is your vision each day? Where are those glasses? As you put on those spiritual glasses, the promise is God will direct you. But he won't force you, but he will direct you if you have those spiritual lenses as part of your life. If you want to know and are hungry to learn about God more and more, it's a lifelong deal, and you come closer to God and you are more open to his vision. And so that's what God calls us to do. Uh, Without that input, we don't really know what we're doing. In fact, there's an old saying, uh, without input from God, we are flying blind. You ever hear the name Helen Keller? She's a lady that was born blind and one day she was asked by someone with sight you know uh, you were born blind Helen what could be worse than being born blind and she said having sight but having no vision and that's a great point for us this is really what uh, God would like to us to think about today uh, the challenge and the exciting thing is that as this thing we call life, God wants us to speak. He does not want us flying blind. And so faith, very interestingly, is not merely content your mind possesses. Faith is what possesses your mind. So it's quite a bit different. A lot of people think Oh, yeah, being a Christian, yeah, that's kind of part of my portfolio. No, it is everything about our portfolio as a Christian. And so, as uh, as we look at that, uh, your lens then becomes what might be called the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. In First Corinthians, this Apostle Paul, again, writes to the Corinthians chapter 2 and says, uh, What we have received... Uh, we have received the Spirit sent by God so that we may know all that God has given to us. So we have received the Spirit so that we may know we have received that lens that we may know all that God has given to us. And so our world has so many people trying to tell us what to know, what to do, so many bombardment of visions. and you know what it 's amazing. Because there are so many people in our world today that know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. It's the kind of world we live in. That's a description of our secular world. We know the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. The Apostle Paul, talking about the mind of Christ, speaks to that issue of value. He says, whoever has the Spirit is able to judge the value of everything. Not just a few things, not just a church, not just in your family. The word is, knows the value and can judge the value of everything. So how does Paul sum this up? He says, among those of us who are Christians, we have the mind of Christ. So here's the deal. If you have God's vision in your heart, then you have God's goal in your future. Let's pray. Lord, we confess, when we look within, we are distressed. When we look back, we are defeated. When we look around, Lord, we're distracted. When we look ahead at the future, we are dismayed. Teach us, O Lord, to look to you that we may be delivered. Lord, give us 2020 vision. Give us your Holy Spirit that we may know the mind of Christ, O Lord, that we might be able to navigate through this world for all those decisions we make in our personal lives, our families, our nation, our businesses, and our church. To to that end, Lord, we praise you that you've given us the Holy Spirit. Lord, direct us to where that lens of spiritual 2020 vision. Amen.